Fire Emblem, released 1997. Everyone's favorite IntelliSystems game franchise, especially Nintendo's, because they keep shoving it down my throat. I'm Dylan Vento. I'm Nick Nundall. And this is Attract Mode. Nick. Clip clop, clip clop, clip clop, clip clop, clip clop, clip clop, clip clop. Oh, that joke's going to make sense to you, listener, in a couple minutes. Only mere moments away from understanding how absolutely hilarious that is. Yeah, it's all about the setup, you see. We're foreshadowing a later joke. Hey, we watched this movie, Dylan. If you want to call it that. If that's. Uh huh. Sure. If it's suitable to call this a movie, this two-part OVA, which feels like uh, an incomplete pilot to a TV series, and then a random episode from that TV series, also incomplete. That's that's how I would describe what we just saw in a vacuum. Like, if I didn't know that it's actually the first three levels of the video game that came out on Super Famicom in the 90s... Uh, it it just feels as though they were doing like a setup episode but they they missed some scenes and they were like whatever just slap it together and then they did some random like oh this is like episode six of 20 in season one for your like 30 minute saturday morning cartoon you know 20 24 with commercials uh and and they like forgot to film or to animate certain scenes i should say and that's what we ended up with I'm just gonna read like the first couple of lines here on the uh, the Fire Emblem fandom wiki entry for this uh, OVA. Okay. Fire Emblem is a Japanese anime OVA based on Fire Emblem colon Mystery of the Emblem, the third game in Nintendo's Fire Emblem series. Produced by the studio KSS and Studio Fantasia in 1996, the OVA is only two episodes long and covers only a very small part of the game's plot, presumably mm-hmm. due to a lack of interest and or funding. so i mean do we think and we have no basis to know this do we think this was intended to be a longer series and then they were like oh well just make it an anime i mean excuse me make it an ova um or was it more like this is a companion piece for the games to make people who like the games have this little bonus content that they can watch which feels very redundant and unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell, right? Because, yeah. I mean, we just came out of the Sakura War stuff, which is definitely set up as, like, supplemental material mm-hmm. for the games. Um, what makes this weird is that this was dubbed in English. Like, you watch the English yeah. dub of this, and Fire Emblem didn't come to the States until the DS, the 3DS. Yeah. No, no, no. There's DS. a GameCube one. I mean, technically, oh, okay. their first introduction is Smash Brothers. Yes, Super Smash Brothers Melee. Uh, Marth and Roy were truly unlockable characters, and everyone collectively was like, "Who the fuck are these guys? And why yeah. are they speaking Japanese? And can we get five hundred more 
of <laughs> yes. these characters from this please, game. Please, please. Yeah. I need more assholes with swords. Uh, <laughs> Sounds painful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and so that was our first introduction and then yeah i think they re-released the first game as a gamecube game and then it's just kind of snowballed from there and obviously you have like awakening and three houses and then you have the the fire emblem warriors it's like it's pretty much blown up over here but this might be the first like western kind of exposure to the fire emblem franchise which is Uh, strange right because they had to look at it and go oh this isn't complete when they decided to dub it and try to because i could see an anime as a fantastic way to introduce a concept as sort of like historically heady as fire emblem seems to be seems like they were going for a lot of like oh there's history here to these characters and this land and that kind of thing uh so an anime is a good way to to breach an audience right and then once they get interested in this maybe they buy the game but this was this was never going to succeed I- impossible for this to to land if you can't even like we were guessing at plot points as we were watching it we we're like is this in the past or is this future now because there's so many jumps that at two different times we we're very confused of when anything was happening yeah yeah and it's like you were saying huge swaths of connective tissue between plot beats are just wholly non-existent yeah for i mean no reason i mean it might be budgetary it might be just like poor planning who knows uh yeah. but yeah it, it doesn't make for a good product the animation i think is pretty cool like i think there's some mm-hmm. interesting shots uh and whatnot it's very much that like mid to late 90s hey we haven't discovered cg yet and systematically ruined all of (laughs) (laughs) relatively lower production value animation because of it it's still got that kind of that 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 grit Mm -hmm. that traditional cell animation carries with it yeah and so it, it 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 holds some charm in that realm but yes if you have no familiarity with like what's supposed to be going on in the plot of this fire emblem game which if you lived in the states you wouldn't have unless you're like you know importing a super famicom and a copy of the cart and like an english to a japanese to english dictionary at your side ready to go i mean if we're completely spitballing here in terms of like how did this how did something like this get made and localized i mean it might just be a case of maybe there are business dealings back in the day of like Mm -hmm. hey if we're going to make an ova like it's kind of like in the budget already to localize it to try to hit multiple markets and if you do that then like all that stuff is already pre-accounted for so they're just making the animation and then sending it off to whoever's doing the localizing and whoever's doing like the vocal recordings or casting for the english cast and they just have to work with what they got and they don't really have much control in oh god none of this makes sense or it's only and these character names are entirely different Yes, uh, the the classic thing in this one is that they refer to Marth, who is the protagonist here, as Mars, because mm-hmm. there was no kind of agreed upon English localization for his name at this point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I mean, I don't know how you want to tackle this. Clip clop clip clop clip clop clip clop clip clop clip clop. All right, let's talk about clip clop. Clip clop right out the gate. Right off the the block, you get this 
way too long Foley work of Marth and a couple other people running through like a dungeon uh, seemingly trying to get away from some pursuers and they're just like their boots are hitting the the stone you have to guess that that's the case because you don't see anything behind them or ahead of them it is just these three characters running down this long dark hallway they could be running towards something which is what i assumed or they're running away from something which is what the movie eventually reveals but yeah it was long enough that midway through it i said to dylan this is going on a really long time and then it just kept on going <laughs> yeah so their feet are slamming the 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 cobblestones it's just clip clop clip clop clip clop clip clop clip clop and that's the only fully working for the, like the first like at least 10 to 15 seconds of yeah this ova yeah like it's not an insane amount of time but it is long enough to go this is a long time um and that apparently is an opening scene which is a flashback to when Marth and Jagan and his sister Ellis were, I guess, younger, but it looks weird because I would have said, if you asked me without my now having read a little bit about what's happening in that scene and, and also the like further context of the rest of the OVA, I would have thought that scene was assuredly where we were going to like end up. Like Marth looks mm. older to me in that scene than in the very next scene, which is so weird. So it's a flashback to Marth and Ellis and Jagan in this dungeon. They are being pursued by a horde of angry people who are battering down a door that they close. And then they were trying to escape up a stairwell, but the stairwell has been collapsed intentionally. And Ellis, the sister hands over something. Is it like a crown of, it's like a it's uh, like a tiara, a, a, di- a diadem. I don't want to say oh. tiara because that's very gendered, and and Martha be it? like, it's yeah. not a tiara. Okay, Martha's here and he's upset. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, cut it out! Don't call it a tiara. My sister's crown that she gave me to wear. Um, okay, whatever this this headpiece is, yeah. she gives to him and says it's for good luck, and then she pulls out a scepter and casts a spell that presumably teleports Marth and Jagan to a faraway land. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then we don't know what happens after that or, or do we in some of the voiceover that I missed? It's possible that voiceover is just like that so guy funny. had, he had to compress as many words in his shortest span of time as possible. And he's just rattling off stuff about the, the fucking, you know, it's, it's like, it's like a, it's like a first time fantasy author being way yeah. too proud of yeah. like the world building they've made. And so they just got to be like, and then there's this and this and this enemy kingdom. And then these guys, and these are the life bringers and they yeah. talk to the sacred tree and the sacred tree gives them holy magics yeah it's like once upon a time the seven nations of this land were allied together in an unbreakable union but then that union broke and then these countries were bad at these countries and then this country was unable to do this and it's just like take a breath dude chill out (laughs) you know uh so i completely felt like i was lost in word salad didn't understand what was going on but we get this cut to again what to me feels like young boy marth younger than the scene we just left him in, but presumably does actually take place after. And then to complicate matters even more, he's listening to a crowd talk about his ancestors 
and he has a flashback to when he's even younger and his father is beating him after he didn't kill a deer. So <laughs> it's like no linearity to this plot line. Everything jumps and weaves and twists back into itself yeah. um, in the first 10 minutes. And I'm, I, I struggled so hard to know where we were supposed to be at this point. I had less of a problem with that the connection from the first scene to the second scene yeah. because it does say like a two years later kind of thing except then you thought that everything after the third yes. scene was, <laughs> was all a flashback <laughs> it was yeah it was not a good time um yeah. do we just want to set up what the you know yeah the, yeah we can we don't need to go scene by scene framework this out yeah so the basic conceit is that marth is it prince he's the heir to this kingdom it's a kingdom in the sense of like you have multiple neighboring kingdoms right so he is the heir to the names don't matter of of the regions yeah. of the principalities but they um, will tell you them and all of the rulers and all of their yeah, ruler's yeah. sons and everything throughout this the basic people you need to know is that there's king cornelius who is marth's father they are attacked by this kind of evil they don't really clarify if it's a kingdom or whatever it is but it's 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 led by this dr doom looking motherfucker mm-hmm. garnef um which i don't even know if i'm pronouncing that right like i'm i'm reading yeah. it phonetically i don't uh, remember them saying his name at any point in this ova they say it a couple times i think but it's just okay. again such it's like it's just so deep in the word salad mm-hmm. you, you can gloss over it um yeah but he is this dark sorceress who is the like high priest of this religion that like worships like a, a evil dragon, like a dragon of shadow and blah, 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 blah. And he basically uses his evil magics to kill Marth's dad in the most gruesome <laughs> fashion <red> imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was the thing that I, I just happened to before we watched it, I like clicked ahead and I saw this scene and I got like a little hyped. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be cool. And it's like the only moment like it in the whole thing. But yeah, he, he does these like big red energy, like tendrils and explosions and things. And he blasts one right into the midsection of his father. And it like obliterates a hole through him. And then like also at the same time, I don't know what exsanguinates him or something. His skin just like dries up and puckers. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's like it's so brutal and it's well animated and i was like oh man we're in for something good and i think that's one of those moments where it's like this the rest of this could have been like this but maybe the animation budget wasn't there or whatever i don't know but marth is exiled uh via the teleportation spell that his sister casts him and and jagan and I assume some of their other soldiers, though, they just kind of show up later on. They kind of take refuge in this neighboring kingdom. And then there's all this jumping around where at some point, Marth successfully, like, recollects his forces. A crew of knights, right? Yeah. And then yeah, they're... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, knights of varying ages. <laughs> yes. Including a 12-year-old. <laughs> including this 12-year-old. Uh, this... This 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 image that I'm looking at here uh, <laughs> makes him much more twink like than <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is he is depicted in the the OVA. But there's Gordon, who is probably the most 
uh, uh, kind of distinguishable of the crew because everyone has the same kind of hairstyle. Like the hair colors change, but it's very much the hairstyle that Marth has. So it's really hard to tell them apart. Yeah. But Gordon is like green haired Marth, but smaller. And then he talks in this whiny like, oh, I'm going to do it. I yeah. get, I'm going to help out with the, the well, fight. Marth, I wanted to shoot him in the butt. Yeah, yeah. And he's an archer and he's a fucking he loves butt shots and shit. Hey, man, I mean, look, <laughs> we don't judge. Gonna, we don't judge. Yeah, don't uh, kink shame here. No, not at all. Uh, Draug has a an interesting, like, distinct haircut as well for another green haired fellow. He's yes. like a big military crew cut guy and big deep dumb voice. Uh, he's oh, you, <laughs> I can't remember any lines that he said. But just a very straightforward, like the slowest talker of of the crew. Yeah, um, they definitely maybe him aside. Like throughout this OVA, people were having fun putting on voices in the studio. They went with <laughs> yes. every European accent they could muster um, for every little random side character. Yes, we got Scottish pirates. We got Scandinavian pirates. Yeah. Basically, any type of pirate that may have ever existed yes. is in this OVA. Um, but yeah, so there's Draug. There's like some other folks. Uh, it's it's uh, and then there's Elise. Uh, not Elise. And then there's uh, Sheeta, mm-hmm. um, who her name is spelled C A E D A. But like you said uh, before we started recording, Nick, it's like probably a Gaelic like a, type a, thing. Yeah. yeah. And she is, uh, if you're familiar with the game, she's a Pegasus Knight because she has a, a winged horse that she fly, she rides into battle. Um, question here. Okay. Is Pegasus the name of that specific horse in oh, Greek mythology? Oh, this is one of those crazy. Yeah. Like there's or is so it the many... name of that type of creature? I It has certainly evolved to become the name of that type of creature i could not tell you if in the original myth where what's his face like golden lassoes the pegasus if that is the only pegasus in the world or what that is but it's like medusa right like medusa is a named entity and then in other fiction a medusa is you know a a type of creature And, and you know that happens throughout history and fiction so Part of uh, that I blame on tabletop RPG people like absolutely knowing the name of the creature and not knowing Medusa is a Gorgon. Like right. obviously that probably happened in historical like writings as well. But I feel like, yeah, like you play like some JRPG and they have a Gorgon type creatures and they will call it a Medusa. Take it even further, Dungeons and Dragons has a Gorgon and a Medusa, which are two oh, completely no. distinct creatures. A a Medusa is what you would imagine a a snake-haired person, uh, usually female, but they do in some monster manuals make male Medusa and things like that. But then a Gorgon is based on the legends of, I, I can never say this right, but like Catalopius, uh, which is another Greek myth. Um, but they are bulls with iron skin that exhale green smoke that will turn you to stone. So huh. as a Gorgon, still turns you to stone, completely different method. Um, yeah. And they come from myths of basically when explorers like saw a new type of animal and couldn't explain it. And they were like, it it had cheetah print, but it was two stories tall. And, 
uh you know they've seen a giraffe and now they completely describe it as a different thing or whatever and just yeah. keep mixing things up uh, i imagine at like uh MythCon 2000 bc just people arguing about the the canonical the definitions <laughs> yeah, of yeah. <laughs> Man. No, Homer. No, you're wrong. Okay, this is what a gorgon is. Yeah, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> you could tell we don't have a lot to say about this no. uh, OVA, but I do have a lot to say about it as a dragons. Anytime I can, <laughs> we'll just say uh, it's actually it's actually Pegasus's monster. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um. But yeah, so she she's also part of this uh, yeah. troop, and there there's like a very light uh, kind of love interest, like flirtatious thing. Will they? Won't they? Like Sheeta likes Marth. Will Marth return her affections, or are they? Or is he's too stupid to yeah, realize that's definitely what's going what on? it is because he's just too dumb to act on it. Yeah. So what is cool about this OVA is that it kind of has that like we're getting the band back together mm-hmm. kind of motif about it. Um, even though they, 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 they build them, they bring them all together relatively quickly, but then it becomes yes. like this, this road trip style. Like they have to get back to the kingdom, Marth's kingdom to try to retake it. But on the way they go through all these kind of like little adventures, which would have been cool if it was a longer thing. Right. But instead we saw two of them. Yes. We, we see them like liberate. They see, we see them have a fight to liberate Sheeta's kingdom mm-hmm. after it gets ransacked and then we see like them fight all these bandits to rescue this like priestess yes and that's basically all that's uh that's going on but boy oh boy is the priestess part which is ova episode two incredibly confusing <laughs> like so upsettingly confusing so I want to try to walk through that and talk about those because th- that is so insane. So the, the first episode really is just like Marth meets his knights in a castle and he says, Cheetah's kingdom is in trouble. We got to go help her. And they say, we can't. It's too dangerous. And we have to hide our forces. And he says, nope. Honor says we must. They took care of me when I was in danger. Now we have to take care of them. And they go. Don't you remember that part where they took us in? Oh, wait, we didn't show that. All right, flashback to that really quick. <laughs> All right, now come back and, to the present action. And it's very, like, straightforward. They're a pretty cool animation for a fight at the castle. Uh, not not spectacular and over the top, like the, the ripping a guy into pieces after uh, blasting a hole through his chest or whatever. But, but a totally, like, oh, if this was the animation style throughout the season, this would be fine. um kind of fight and uh then they that ends with marth and his people leaving that castle but the king of that castle sort of giving his daughter sheeta the blessing to take her her pegasus and fly with him and join the crew so now they have a ship a bunch of soldiers and a pegasus knight hooray episode two begins with this like wandering swordsman type guy in a mountain pass uh just absolutely murdering anyone who messes with him and then these mercenary guys like sneaking around following him watching him kill people until they're ready to announce themselves their leader is hymen and he would like to hire this guy to join his war band 
and help you know do things in this pass um the uh so what's this character's name again navar uh navari i believe navari okay um let me check let's see yes navari i did i did double and triple check because he has several different uh spellings of his name and different pronunciations in in this specific ova it is navari but i think it's like nabare and other things and yeah so he's kind of a like armorless samurai is how i would describe him right two sword wielding like wandering Mm -hmm. uh ronin uh type character uh and at first he's not interested at all in signing up with these guys uh until a passing cart bringing a imprisoned girl a priestess lena uh comes through and my immediate thought is okay he's got to have some connection to her or something because he suddenly changes his tune and is like oh i'll i'll join you yeah i'm in uh (laughs) i don't understand why because he never really acts on that in the immediate scenes to follow um but definitely she's part of the reason he's there but it just seemed like they, they must have had some connection or something i would have thought well someone does interrogate him about it at at the end he's like why do you care about her and he's basically like i don't know I just do yeah okay 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 so he joins up they take this girl to a like fighting pit type place i guess in these mountains some kind of bandit cave uh he battles a (laughs) massive like two-story tall samurai dude who looks awesome but uh gets dropped pretty easily by this incredible swordsman and um then the hymen and his guys try to sell the lead bandit this girl they're negotiating a price and this is where one of those cuts that just like completely confuses you goes. There's someone in the crowd who's like disgusted yep. by this girl being sold. Is that J- Julian? Who's that character's name? Uh, that might. It's yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. That, that is Julian. Okay. Uh, Julian. His, his hair is redder in this, which is confusing. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking at like a game manual art at the same time as this. So Julian is like a young warrior, untrained, unskilled, but out here trying to save lena his priestess uh and he's he's enraged that she's being sold and you would think we would have like a jabba's palace type at night while everyone's asleep he wakes up sneaks around and goes and rescues her from her cage and then julian's got a thermal detonator yeah right you would you would think some of that would play out maybe they get caught whatever happens instead it's just a like hard cut to a top of the mountain julian and lena are racing across the mountain and he's like i gotta get you out of here lena you gotta you gotta leave um and then uh they are surrounded by bandits who say they're bringing the girl back navar is navari is with them navari seems like he's about to kill julian turns and kills all of the other bandits and you're like oh here's where he reveals he's a good guy the whole time and he's you know he was always planning on saving her and you think okay it's from this scene next logical step is them escaping the mountain meeting up with the other characters whatever um or getting captured and now the samurai is you know also uh sort of tangled up in this stuff whatever some kind of uh, continuing action from that scene it's like a abrupt cut 
the girl is recaptured julian is beat up and navari is just hanging out with the captor again almost as if that last scene didn't even exist right it's so utterly confusing and they explain through some dialogue that she was recaptured why navari helped one time and didn't help the other time is completely unclear uh like what navari's motivations are in this moment are completely unclear but whatever the case while she's recaptured that's when marth and his people enter the mountain pass because they need to get to marth's kingdom and this is like the fastest way through uh well they have determined by this point to already uh agree to save this priestess because oh have they they like yeah because when they freed the previous town the oh, like right. village village elder was like, "Well, our priestess was kidnapped. Could you go save her?" Yeah, and then they were like, "Yes, I'll accept this side mission." Right, I'll take this side quest. Yeah, okay, right, right. I forgot about that. So now it's a fight between bandits and Marth because they arrive and the bandits need to defend themselves. And the bandit leader wants to escape with the girl and tries to hire Navari. And at this point, Navari, who has both saved her and let her get captured again, his just completely baffling morality spectrum, he decides to kill the bandit leader and then tell her he's unredeemable, irredeemable, <laughs> in spite of saving her life. Um, then go out and fight Marth's knights. <laughs> he gets and then, but beforehand, he's like, "You see these hands? Yes, look yes. at these hands." They're covered in death. Yeah. And, they're death hands. And they're just like it, it, so much more meaningful if he had like literally had the blood of the bandit he just killed on his hands yeah. or something. Right. It just, which is impossible because this OVA does not show any blood until <laughs> the very until, next scene in which yes. it does show four drops of blood. Um, and that's it. That's, that's all it. we have yeah. animation budget for. Yeah. No, I'm sure that's a ratings thing. Like, uh, oh, if you do too much blood, yeah. it will, yeah, like, yeah. T- 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 this over a scale. Could have made the blood white. Yes, right. <laughs> um, So Navari is all over the place. He saves the girl a second time after an intermittent, <laughs> intermittent uh, non-save and then fights Jaken, but then Elise throws herself. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't fight Jaken. Isn't it Jaken? No, it's not Jaken. It's uh, the guy with like the cross scar on his face. It's this guy. Oh, Ogma. you're absolutely right. Who is like the bodyguard of Elise? Um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it's hard to tell. Like again, they they throw these characters at you and just expect she, you she's to connect- kind of know. He's connected him. to Elise. I can like, from her kingdom. Um, so he's a knight in her kingdoms, whatever. Oh, you mean Sheeta? Because Elise oh, is Marth. I have said Elise like six <laughs> times, meaning Sheeta throughout this entire story. <laughs> Yes. Well, I have met Sheeta the whole time. Um, okay. We've been having that issue because they look exactly the same. Yes. They have the same color hair, same length. Yes. Which you feel like has got to be intentional because they wanted Marth to be sympathetic towards her. But that's mm. his sister and they're building this romance thing with Sheeta. Um, Elise is his sister. Oedipus complex, and, man. Yeah, right. Um, okay, sorry. Sheeta's night guy, Ogama is fighting Navari and they're pretty pretty evenly matched I would say um they do a lot of screaming and running at each other and then clashing and some bleeding uh until Sheeta throws herself in the middle of it and demands that they stop which is enough for Navari to go all right you guys seem pretty cool I'll join you (laughs) 
I mean, that's literally how it works in the games is that you will fight a dude and defeat them and then go, hey, would you like to join us? It's like, y'all seem pretty cool. You did whip my ass. <laughs> and that's the like the band is together. You know, they, they've united all these new characters into it. And presumably if this went on for future episodes, they would add more characters and more characters. But that is the story of these two OVAs. Uh, yes. And, hooray. And the narrator the narrator speaks at the end as if to be like, and there are much more adventures ahead of them, <laughs> but you won't see any of them Never. because we've run out of time. But the, the weird, like, critical scenes to how things happen, how they escape the bandits, how she gets back to the bandits, missing that is inexcusable to me. Like, yeah. This this is incomplete either as like the studio folded and somebody bought what was left and just released it like that. That feels like it's got to be what happened. Right. Or is there something uh, completely offensive that was cut before the North American release? And there is a scene there, but it's like awful. Um, or, or what? <laughs> like, what are the alternatives to those two situations? Because. Someone making this intentionally has a broken mind, right? <laughs> they're they're not seeing life in a linear fashion. Um, I will say I did a quick Google on both of the uh, animation studios or production studios that worked on this, and they are both defunct. But but when? But way after this came okay. out, like one of them shut down in 2001. The other one shut okay. down in 2016. So, so not that problem. They they still could have sold it off for, you know, like, oh, we over budgeted and then needed to sell this off before we finished it. Yeah, it could be. A, it could be a, a ton of things. I mean, it could even be down to like storyboarding stuff that didn't come together or it's like, oh, we storyboarded this this scene that connects these two ideas together. But either we don't have the, the budget or time to animate it or yeah. like oh the runtime of the actual ova will go too long and we didn't plan for that because it needs to fit in the perfect chunks it needs to fit in for like syndication or to run on television or whatever the case may be but you um, have her on a vhs escape and get recaught cut the whole escape then right like just have her not do that part and then have her yeah that's true have her get freed by the guy by the bandit you know but they need they need julian to be connected to marth before they get to the bandit hideout because they get separated like julian gets the shit beat out of him yeah and left for dead and then marth and his crew find him and then yeah they, it wouldn't they, make sense yeah they go with him on the way back to the the bandit base to rescue uh the the priestess wow so strange. yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, like I think it's it's really hard to diagnose the problem. Well, of, uh, certainly for us, twenty five. Yeah, yeah, yes, us with no <laughs> experience in the realm of animation or film production or budgeting such things. Yeah, but it's it's interesting to speculate because you want to believe that the issue comes down to production woes and not this was the creative intent from right, the get-go right can't have been it it surely wasn't or maybe it made more sense in japanese and it was just a bad localization job who knows could be but that's that's the ova <laughs> that's it i mean there's really not much to say about it uh we we did 
uh, forget to mention a shot that we both really enjoyed, which is, again, when King Cornelius is fighting the evil sorcerer dude and the king makes like <laughs> a big like kind of heroic speech and then it cuts to the, the, the priest. He's like, <laughs> I it it's impossible for us to put into words that shot and I think it's this whole thing is worth watching for everyone to just see <laughs> that shot it's on YouTube yeah it's yeah he, he just kind of like pursed his lips and he's like and then it's at like a it's tilted his head a little bit so it's like at like a 45 degree angle it's all good yeah, yeah. uh it's it's a fun little gif moment gifable moment and uh, i think mm. we should make one out of that and then uh the, but the whole fight is is great like it's good like i would have if you if you made me guess when this came out i would have said this was like a late 80s animation it you know i guess knowing it was 95 is is a little surprising but 95 right is that uh 97 in the Ni- states I mean, it was probably yeah. in production um 95 96 it feels older than that but but yeah like i don't know it just it worked on that level of like a, a reminding me of cartoons that were on nickelodeon when i was very young uh those like early animes that came over um i like the animation i like the music in this a lot it has a like snes which makes sense since it's a famicom game it's based on sort of vibe to it but it's big and the music carried at least for the first ova the music carried the energy throughout the entire thing. That first OVA felt yeah. quick. And then the second episode did drag at points. Um, maybe just by pacing of the content too. It's funny. I felt the reverse oh, because I was so lost in the first one because it's like it, it, it doesn't have its feet underneath it in the first episode. <laughs> just like it, it, it feels like it doesn't know where it's trying to go. Yeah. I think it did. I think it just, it is so, like, there's time jumps, right? And that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, and that contributes to it, yeah. Whereas the, the second one has much more linearity to it. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. And so it's easier to follow, and it has, like, an actual, like, rising action, climax, falling action, or more so than, yeah. than the, the first one, it, I feel like. It has all of that just with some big holes in the middle. But yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. Fully agree. Um, if you were to chart the second episode, it'd be a traditional like plot triangle. Whereas if you charted the first episode, it would be like a couple of loop de loops. <laughs> yeah, a, they would like a, curve a, back a, a on Jeremy itself. Jeremy, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah. But the music's great, and I I'm not super familiar with the 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 musical scores of Fire Emblem, especially not the first couple. Right. Um. But I'm curious if these are like orchestral interpretations uh or reimaginings of the chiptune yeah uh, soundtracks from those games certainly felt like it and uh worked for for my purposes anyway um anything else no i think we're at that what's on next for attract mode time wow great well we'll spend the next uh hour debating whether or not we're gonna watch one of two things uh (laughs) all right nick we're gonna make a a decision right here right now hard decision let's go hard decision sonic 2 comes out while i'm on vacation <laughs> uh sonic 2 comes out the day this episode goes up okay all right that's funny is is the following episode going to be sonic 2 are we go, are we gonna are we gonna do it are we gonna see sonic 2 so or are we are we gonna put it off a little bit more i, I think we, we're gonna by necessity have to put it off because i will be out of town 
even like just resuming life coming back from vacation, you know? So I, I'm going to have to settle back into reality and then maybe a week after that. So it would be probably one. The hard, one, cruel reality of yes. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I have to adjust from the wonderful freedom of vacation to the crashing reality of being forced to watch Sonic 2. In, in the loving embrace of James Marsden yeah. and Jim Carrey again. Um, I think I think probably one episode in between would be enough, though. Like, okay. yeah, you give me that, and yeah, then that I can get to the theaters between that and get my my Sonic two in. Get your get your Sonic on. Yeah. All right. Well, then next episode we'll be watching. You guessed it, Nick. Another nineties video game OVA. Oh boy, they just they they just keep showing up uh, out of nowhere. This one recently is getting like a 30th anniversary like blu-ray release uh this is night warriors colon dark stalkers revenge all right one of those uh lesser known capcom properties right is it lesser known i guess it's lesser known i mean i feel like all i know about this series is that there's morgan right everyone knows the boobies yeah yes 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 that's basically all i know yeah that seems right cool awesome well look forward to that then next time